Well, Natty, it is that time again. We get to do the things we do when we do the things we do. (laughs) (laughs) It is indeed that time. It is indeed that time. We get to do the things we do. Anyway, that was so lame. But anyway. We doing what we do. (laughs) We doing what we do. So I was thinking about you this morning when I got up about the conversation that, that we were having yesterday and how we were fleshing out all the things. And so I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I am just really, really happy that I get to share this space with Natty and to be on this journey where you and I both are Black women who get to sow seeds of hope, healing, and happiness into the lives of other Black women while also sowing those same seeds into ourselves. It's just amazing just to just have this person that you are able to connect with in a way where neither of us are afraid to say a thing, you know, because when I was listening to, to your voice notes, you was like, but, you know, you have the final word or something like that, that you were mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. to be able to give honest feedback not knowing whether or not it will be received or rejected is a powerful thing to say, you know Mm -hmm. what, I'm going to tell the truth anyway. And so that when I was thinking about that this morning, I was just like, I'm just so happy to be on this journey with you where you don't necessarily spare my feelings. You know what I'm saying? But you said, like you say the things in a loving and kind way. But you still say what you, you know, what you like, if you if I'm saying something that you don't necessarily think we should do a particular way, like you're not afraid to say the thing. So yeah. I'm, I'm very appreciative of that, that we get to be on this journey together. To be on this journey with somebody like Natty is called. Oh, my gosh. You're giving me all the feels. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was just That's thinking really about great. that this morning because we yesterday... Although we didn't talk like we're talking now, we fleshed out a lot of things via voice. We sure did. We sure did. To just be able to do that and be in a space with a black woman, you know, giving like how people think we're catty. Uh huh. The whole Uh crab in a bucket mentality to be on a journey with another black woman that's sowing seeds into other black women. It's a blessing. Like it it really is. So I just want you to know that I appreciate you, you know, and all the things, you know, and it just really brings me great joy to be able to. be doing this kind of work because we deserve. We do deserve. This is this is good work and it's this important is work. Good work. And then our listeners deserve. They do. To they have do. people to affirm them and validate mm-hmm. their experiences because we didn't always know that we deserve. Right. And who knows how many of us have had that many people in our lives who would validate us like that. Absolutely. You know? So I feel you. That's why I was thinking about this morning when I got up. Wow. Thank you for telling me all that. It it really is a blessing. So anyway, today we are going to be talking about the three dreaded words. For some people that that is. (laughs) (laughs) A strong black woman. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about that because in... Our last episode, we had the pleasure of talking to the great Nancy Price, who provided mm-hmm. so much insight from the younger generations. It was yes, eye-opening for me. I don't know. I had heard the things that she was saying before, but to maybe I maybe I heard them, but I didn't really hear them. But to mm-hmm. hear her talk about 
the generational divide because for us, the strong black woman was a badge of honor. Mm-hmm. But then she was saying, mm, don't call me strong black woman. Don't call me strong. Don't call me queen. All the things. Don't call me any of that because it puts too much pressure on me to be the mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. She said, I rebuke that. She was like, I rebuke that. <laughs> no, no, sis. I don't want that. And so mm. I felt her. Even when she was talking, I could feel, I could hear her voice that she was seriously not wanting to be associated mm-hmm. with those things. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about the generational divide and how the whole strong black woman phrase originated. Originally it was meant to build us up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really came about from my understanding to combat some of the negative things that were happening in media, like the mammy mm-hmm. Jezebel was another one. Sci-fire, which was which is now called the angry black woman. Somehow or another it turned into this burden of strength that the millennials and Gen Zers were talking about. Like they like, we don't want to be associated with any of that. We were talking about that yesterday via voice notes as well. And Natty posed a really good question. And she was like, How did you say it? Oh my gosh, what did you say? We were talking a lot about how black women from our generation still see the strong black woman as a badge of honor while the younger generation see it as a burden of strength. Oh, I I know what I said. And then you said, is it really a badge of honor if we can't check in? We can't even check in. (laughs) And I was like, bitch, what? (laughs) (laughs) And for those of y'all who are listening, bitch in this context was me saying, say the things this. Like, for real. <laughs> so, because for a lot of us, we can't check in because we got to be airport strong. So I kind of wanted to just mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit. Y'all settle in because we got things to say. <laughs> <laughs> we got things to say. And I want to start with this post that I saw on social media this morning, y'all. Okay, so this is a post that I saw on social media this morning. And it was posted by Lovia Jai Jones because she got married a couple mm-hmm. years ago, I think. So anyway, she posted and I quote. Shout out to the generations of women who went to work and then came home and cooked for the family and didn't cuss everyone out. Our mothers, our grandmothers, our our great grands were superheroes because all I got to do is be on a computer all day. And by 6 p.m., I don't want to talk to human beings. They had so much, so much more patience and care. And I and I salute them endlessly. I ain't got it. That's what Lovey said. I ain't got it. (laughs) And Lovey is a millennial as well. And so then, of course, I hopped down in the comments to see what people were saying. Needless to say, the responses were mixed, but there was one that stood out to me. But I'm not going to share it right now because I know Natty has thoughts. What are your thoughts, Natty? (laughs) Y'all, she said that because every time we're like discussing and coming up like with ideas, the first thing I say when I send, when I start my voice note is, okay, I have have thoughts. Yes, I know that he has thoughts. <laughs> I have thoughts. So yes, um, let's hear your thoughts, darling. Listen, m- my mother was one of those women that that Lovey described. Mm-hmm. My mother was a quintessential version of the strong black woman, and I do think there are versions of it because my mom's sister, who was eleven years older than her, my aunt, she also was that, but she would also cuss you out. My mom did not cuss anybody out. But once you got, there was a point of no return with my mom. 
And you didn't know that there was a point of return with my mom, no return with my mom until you reached, unless and until you reached that point of no return with her. And then it wasn't that she was cussing you out. She was knocking you out. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> I have stories. Oh my gosh. One, one of which involving my own father. So my mom and her sister, great examples because my aunt Celine, oh my gosh, she was, she was so funny and she was so sweet. And I used to think of her when I was younger. She was like, she was like a rock on toothpicks. Like she had these skinny little legs. And then her torso was like, like big. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she walked around and she had her cigarette and everything. And it was like, she had a cigarette in one hand and her little, one of them little short, like, I don't know what they're called, like scotch glasses or whiskey glasses with her, with her brown liquor in the other. Um, and she just, she just didn't give a fuck. Like she would say, what needed to be said. Mm-hmm. And she was 11 years older than my mom and she and my mom were pretty close. And my mom, however, was the strong silent type. And I know I've said this probably plenty of times on the podcast. And she, like I said, she wasn't the one making waves with her words all the time. She was in a lot of ways, like Lovey said, like after all of her things were done, mm-hmm. especially when I was a teenager, she would just go in her room and she was just, she was, and she wouldn't, she wasn't like being silent to me or anything. She's like, right. I'm tired. And I'm like, okay. So she goes in her room and she's tired and she's just chilling for the rest of the night watching TV. And sometimes I come in her room and we watch TV together. It was no big deal. It wasn't until, like I said, that she, you know, if you were unfortunate enough to reach that point of no return with her or when she got to a point where she kind of made up her mind about something, you were not changing it. Nobody was changing it. Like, this is the way it's going to be. And that's it. So that was my mom. I will spend the rest of my living days and beyond respecting my mom. I think sometimes when we when we hear some of the younger generations and some of us, you and I are Gen X, and we are in this camp too, saying like, no, please do not put that on me. Right. It's something else that I like to say. It, it flies in the face of what we've been told we're supposed to aspire to or something. Mm -hmm. And so people get activated and they get mad and they think, well, this means you don't think we we should be respected. And I'm like, that's not it at all. I think we do deserve all the respect in the world because I am of the mind that our ancestors built this fucking country. So of Mm -hmm. course I think black women deserve respect. I just happen to think that putting this mantle on us of being the carriers of everyone's burdens on planet Earth is not actually a sign of respect. Right. It's a sign of disrespect because it's like, oh, you'll handle it. I don't want to do it. You'll handle it. You take care of it. And it's like, well, what about things that I need to take care of for me? What if I'm like, I'm just tired? Because I've had to be at work all day dealing with people with their disrespect and their attitudes. And I know for a fact that she dealt with that. And then I got to come home and make sure that, that everybody's fed. Now, Granted, you know, I was also cooking a lot when I was, I mean, I started cooking when I was six years old. That's a different discussion for a different time. But like, I'm doing some things, but she is still doing most of the things. It's like, so I wasn't like looking at her sideways when she was like, yeah, we get Popeyes or yeah, we getting, you know, right, right. we get Dairy Queen. I just wasn't thinking about it. I was like, okay, no, I get it. Because dude, she was tired. And then if she never, I'm not saying she never, because I don't know, because I've said that before too. If she didn't have someone to check in with 
or someone who was checking in with her, someone that she could talk to about her grief, about her, her emotions, about how her struggles at work, about whatever kinds of, of concerns she had for her, her child, any of that. If she couldn't talk to anyone about it, she was also dealing with that on top of everything else. I think there comes a point, I think there's going to come a point where we as a collective are going to have to see the toll that that takes on people and stop patting them on the back and saying, I commend you for being able to take all, take all of this and carry all of this. Right. Because we, because we know that as a whole, society actually doesn't commend them. They don't pay them like they commend them. They don't treat them like they commend them when they see them on the street. The behavior that we receive is not indicative of us actually being truly commended or respected. So I, I look forward to that day when we as, as a collective see this for what it is and stop trying to make it something it's not. Right. And I think part of why a lot of us are struggling still with trying to trying to hold this thing up as this thing that it really isn't is because of what you said, because it, it didn't start out that way, right? It started mm-hmm. out as um, a way to combat all of the negative messaging that our mothers and grandmothers and whoever else were getting about whatever. And yeah. I see it all almost as a kind of uh, attempt to reclaim, because we like to reclaim things, right? Yes, um, it, is. it was reclaiming I, our identity because the media. Yeah, because of what the media was saying about yes. us. And we're like, okay, yeah, we're going to, yeah. We're this, we, we're raising all the children, we're rearing the children, we're, we're nursing all the children, we're doing all this, we're doing all that. Yeah, you're right, we're doing all that. And we're doing it flawlessly. And we're doing all the things that you could never do. And we're not, we're not bowing under the pressure. And we're not breaking. And we got a smile on our face. And we can laugh. On, and sis. we can do, and we can do, and, 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 and yeah. And so from now on, you're going to see us as strong, bitch, because that's exactly what we are. I exactly. think that's kind of the energy it was. Yeah. And I don't, see that in and of itself as a bad or negative thing. I think every time there is something that kind of raises up and we raise up in resistance against it, us raising up in resistance is not the bad thing. I think there needs to be a point where we can reevaluate and bring some balance into whatever that thing is. And right now, I think it's very imbalanced, especially with our generation, those of us who were teenagers in the 90s, who were kids in the 80s, and who saw our moms and aunts doing these kinds of things, and who grew up as hip hop was growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, We are the hip hop generation. We heard a lot of stuff that we considered positive that actually wasn't positive, being a ride or die chick. and, Mm -hmm. And no matter what happens, this my girl is always holding it down for me hmm. doesn't matter how awful i am to her or what i put her through she always gonna hold it down or my mama she's always gonna hold it down no matter how how many times my dad does her does her dirty or how many times people do her dirty she always gonna she always got us she always got our back she always gonna you know all of this stuff and it's again we we've used this word many times because it's it's applicable it's very very dehumanizing because you don't see this ride or die chick at all. I mean, you see her as a ride or die chick, but you don't see her as a person. Because if you saw her as a person, you might not be so ready to throw everything in the kitchen sink at her. Because you wouldn't want that stuff thrown at you. You see yourself as a person. And you, if you saw your mom as more than just, oh, my mom that takes care of everything. 
if you saw her as more than that, maybe you would get upset when you saw her so stressed Uh out and saw her so overburdened and overloaded with responsibilities, many of which aren't hers to carry. But we don't, I mean, I say this a lot, right? We don't see Black women as full-fleshed human beings. We do see them as some sort of image or some sort of caricature or some sort of of machine or statue. And that's where those things go for me. That's where the ride or die trope goes. That's where the, oh, she's going to hold it down no matter what. That's where that goes. It always some sort of otherworldly thing that denies the humanity, that denies our humanity is what I'm saying. So those are some of my thoughts. I don't feel any way about about Lovey saying what she said. I agree. I think those women do deserve our salutes and our they respect. They absolutely do. Yeah. At the same time, I know that my my late mother and my late aunt Celine are probably looking down on me and are filled with glee because I don't have to put up with a lot of the bullshit that they put up with. Yes. Or I've made the choice not to put up with it. And that, that reminds me, and I think we talked about this probably in season two of the podcast. We were having a conversation with Ife, I believe. And we were talking mm-hmm. about the angry black woman and where Lovey is giving praise to her grandmother and great grands and perhaps her ancestors and all that. There was this thing go, going around and they weren't talking about this, but this, it reminds me of it. But they, they were saying, oh, uh, we're not our ancestors. But I like Lovey. I want to give them their flowers because growing up in a generation where the word strong black woman meant being and doing and proving all the time, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. our grandparents and and parents and ancestors, they didn't know that they deserved to nurture themselves. Okay. That they deserved rest and Mm -hmm. love and peace and happiness so they were told that they deserved the exact opposite they were told that this is what you deserve and so they learned you better be happy with it too and you better be happy with it so and and so and they learned that i don't deserve the good things i don't deserve Mm -hmm. the good life i don't deserve to honor myself my entire life every fiber of my being must go to the service and the well-being mm-hmm. of other people. Of someone so else, yep. I I want to honor them because they, they didn't know what they didn't know. <laughs> they That's only right. knew right. what they had been taught. And so that brings me to the comment that that really like snatched me. Like, what's the word? Snatched my edges or whatever they say. That's but, what the kids be saying. Yeah, Snatched, took all my they, edges. They just really <laughs> did. my wig. <laughs> and and this lady said, she said, from what I know about epigenetics, we are carrying Ooh. our own stresses plus the traumas of, of every generation before us. That's it. And then another person replied to her comment and said, so you mean to tell me walking we walking around dragging generations of fatigue? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. That's exactly what we've been doing. <laughs> yes, we are. That's exactly what we're doing because just like they didn't know, we didn't know. And we didn't we know didn't because know. we were only doing what our parents had taught us. And they were only doing what their parents had taught them. And so, as we've said a number of times, all of these things are generational. And you don't, generational behavior doesn't just disappear because time keeps going. There is work that has to be done 
in order for us to unlearn those behaviors. So we have to be intentional with checking in. Like Natty said, how is it a badge of honor if we can't check in with ourselves? So we have to be intentional with checking in with ourselves and be deliberate in holding space for Mm -hmm. ourselves. So Mm -hmm. that brings me to my next question. How do we check in? How do we hold space? Like, seriously, because you don't know what you don't know. So how do we check in with ourselves? I am learning to hold space for myself by checking in with myself before I go to bed at night. And Mm -hmm. it's a practice. So what I've been doing is... (laughs) Right. We love that word. (laughs) Yes. So what I've been doing as of late is I really have been asking myself a hard question and then replying honestly. So every night before I lay down, I ask myself, Cheryl, because that's what I call myself. (laughs) Did you do too much? Did you do the most today? (laughs) And let me just tell y'all, on more nights than not, my answer is yes. You did. You did the most. You did too much and not in a good way. And the reason why I say that, because a a few weeks ago, I made the commitment. Like I made a promise to myself that I was going to stop working no later than 630. Like laptop closed up from the desk. We're done. But there's always one more thing to do right quick. Mm -hmm. And then that right quick turns into me finally getting to bed after midnight. Then when I get in bed, I usually don't fall fall right asleep because my eyes are burning from having stared at the computer all this time. And so I can't really go to sleep. And then my mind is going night into nothing with all the things that I need to do. And so... I don't really get into sleep because the way my body clock is set up, whether I get seven hours of sleep or four hours of sleep, she waking me up at 630. She like, this is what time we get up. Mm-hmm. So we get up. So I start the day tired. Mm-hmm. Then I'm drinking coffee all day long to get untired. And then I drink so much coffee that even if I lay down early, I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. And again, the way my body clock is set up, we get up. And so the cycle continues. But then I also ask myself, that's the physical part. I also, I also ask myself, did I do, do too much emotionally and mentally? Was I running around trying to fix all the things in everybody's life? Because I do that, especially with my children. Like, how are you trying to fix stuff? Right. And so right. have I done too much, you know, in those areas? Did I do the most? And again, in more cases than not, yeah, I did. But I will say in this area, the mental and emotional area, I have gotten better because I'm learning to pull back and let people do what they're going to do with their own lives. So Mm -hmm. I'm really, Mm -hmm. really working on being deliberate and intentional and holding space for myself. Because when I do that, that gives me a chance to check in with Cheryl. It gives me an opportunity to self-regulate and course correct. Mm -hmm. So those are my things of how I check in with myself. And let me tell y'all something. Remember that time I was on here and I was talking about putting this eye cream under my eyes? Well, eye cream wasn't really working. Let me tell y'all why it wasn't working. Because I ain't getting enough sleep. (laughs) 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 The dark circles are under my eyes. And they're better now because I'm resting better. But the dark circles were under my eyes because I wasn't resting. And my my eyes were tired and the blood wasn't circulating like it needs to circulate. And so in me checking in with myself, it creates space for me to think about how I'm treating myself. And that helps me understand how not 
to be unkind to myself. It helps me to understand how I am damaging my health and these great looks that God has blessed me with. Because I'm walking around right. my, my face tired. <laughs> I can remember looking in the mirror and thinking, oh my gosh, you used to be so pretty. And it wasn't that I wasn't pretty. It was just like my face was doing this thing, you know, because she's tired. And so mm-hmm. being able to check in with myself really helps me to, to say, hey, girl, you, you're not taking care of yourself. And so I've, I've really been getting into the habit of asking myself those questions before I lay down at night. And like I say, it's a practice. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I do be like, girl, yeah, you did the most today and you're going to try to mm-hmm. do it. To do it. And I don't do it to beat myself up. I do it because I want to um, I, I ask myself the question. Then I give myself grace. And then give myself permission to start again, not start over, but start again, because it's not starting over for me. It's not, at least that's not how I look at it. I look at it like tomorrow we're going to do it again. I don't look like you look at it like we started over. Checking in with yourself matters. That's all I'm saying. So, Natty, how do you do? How do you check in with yourself? Because that's important. I think that's how we get into the practice of not overdoing the things and not residing in the space that our parents and our grandparents we're in from at least for me it is checking in with myself daily my whole thought about that is is slightly slightly different like what i meant when i said is it really a badge of honor if you can't even check in like where's the honor in that what i'm what i was getting at is there really is no honor in dishonesty and if you can't check in then you're not actually being honest with anyone including yourself so my way of checking in with myself it, it starts there and it's really, it's a little different. Everything that you just described, that is also checking in. But if I were to frame this as like a scenario for me, mm-hmm. when I get in the bed, maybe, maybe my my inner, you know, my mind, maybe she pipes up and says, okay, Madeline, did you do the most today? And then Madeline is like, no, I did not. Mm-hmm. And then mind, brain, Madeline is like, you know what? I know, I believe you. I know you did not do the most today. Hey, that's great. But hey, remember that thing that happened 10 years ago that that, 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 that you really, that really hurt you? You remember that thing that you've been really, really guilty, feeling guilty, guilty about and you haven't talked about? It? Hey, you want to think about that for the next 30 minutes? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why can I see this happening? <laughs> Why can why can I see Natalie running around in your head doing these things? <laughs> like bringing up all the feelings that body Natalie does not want to feel. It's like no, right. no, you did not bring this up to me right now at eleven forty eight p.m. While I'm trying mm-hmm. to go to sleep. And she's like, yeah, I think this is a really good time because usually you're fairly quiet, and this is the time to get your attention. So yeah, let, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm like. Ah. So that's where I'm starting to check in. And I didn't start to, I didn't learn, like, like, like you said, Shirley, it's, we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we don't know how to do this. I didn't even start learning to do this in earnest. 2020 was when I first started learning to check in. And I wasn't checking in necessarily it all just with myself. I had to learn to check in with myself by checking in with someone else. And you were one of the people that I checked in with, Shirley, in 2020. And I had to tell you, I told you a long story. I'm not going to share it here, but basically just of it was like, I feel some kind of way about such and such. 
And I thought I was good and I Mm -hmm. didn't think I still felt that way, but here I am 20 years later and I still feel a way about it. And oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed. And you had to like, you talk to me and all that kind of stuff because that's where the the honesty comes in. My, Mm -hmm. my checking in is actually sitting with my feelings and being honest about what they are. So I've been trying to do that more since 2020. And again, you know, that's a practice. I'm not super stellar at it all the time. If I had to give myself a grade, I'd probably say maybe a B minus. Because if it weren't a B minus, brain slash mind, Natalie, wouldn't still be able to pipe up so loud. Right. (laughs) At night sometimes like, hey, what about that thing? I'm like, girl, if you bring up that thing to me one more time, one more again, like, and she's like, I'm going to keep on bringing up attention to <laughs> you. And she's like, yay, I love it when you get antagonistic. That means I get to drive you crazy. And I'm like, oh, dear. So, yeah, that is my version of um, checking in. And I think that is probably not just unique to me. Because, again, this is, about be- this is about me being able to sit with my feelings and be honest with them be honest yeah. about them, not trying to distract myself, which I'm, you know, tend to be fairly good at not trying to push them away. None of that. And how many of us actually do that? Who, how many of us really do sit with our feelings? We, I talk about it all the time. I'm not, how many of us actually do sit with our feelings and how many of us are actually honest about what we're feeling? Right. Like, oh, I ain't mad. I ain't mad about that. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Clearly you are. I don't care about that. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Clearly you do. Because because your brain, you, your mind, you knows. And she's going to keep reminding you until y'all talk about it. Yeah. It's like I was saying, it's not to, for lack of a better term, discipline yourself because you're not doing the thing air quotes right. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. just to, so that it's a, it's about self-awareness. I think we say that a lot on this, on this, on this podcast. So it's about mm-hmm. self-awareness so that you can be aware of what's happening with you and then make the necessary adjustments. Like mm-hmm. I talk about how sadness just sometimes just comes and sit with me out of nowhere. Just be like, Ooh, yeah. she's just in your mind in her own business. Why don't we just go yeah. sit down and have a seat beside her? And usually I'll just lay down and I'll just let sadness have its way with me. But now that we are checking in, I'll be like, what you want? Why <laughs> are you here? <laughs> I'm really having a conversation with Sad Cheryl because I need to know why you just showed up and sat down beside me. And so as I begin to check in, I can process what I'm feeling in that moment. And as I'm processing it, I can move through it. And then sadness goes on about her business until another day. So yeah, I Listen, totally get yeah. that. I, I, that I love is that me. you brought that up. Yeah, that is me with grief. That is literally me with grief. Grief lives in my house now for a solid, what, nine years? She was out on my front porch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every now and then she'd knock and I refused to let her in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's like, dude, I can't go anywhere. I'm I not going anywhere, so open here. the door. I've been literally dispatched. I cannot get an Uber to go back to whence I came. I have to stay with you. Will you let me in the house? <laughs> And it was it was like 2020 when I finally let grief in. And yes, I, I refer to her as a her. I talk about it as if I am developing a relationship with her. Because that's what you need to do. Because that's what I need to do. And also mm-hmm. because I, I wrote a lot about this in 2020 and 2021. I do not 
thing, and I think this is also maybe attached to our need to to be seen or referenced as strong. Mm. When we have grief over loss or over anything, honestly, if we're strong, we're not supposed to really let that show. Right. We're not supposed to even really deal with that. We're supposed to, you know, hey, it's been six months. I'm going to get up. I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get up. I'm going to buck up. I'm going to keep it moving. I got to do what I got to do. That was, that's over. That, that, you know, that's done with. And the gag is it's never done with. It's it's literally never done with. Because if you are feeling grief over someone you lost, it's not like you ever stop loving them. So you, the grief is not going anywhere. The grief is there to help me process the loss. The grief is there to help me process the feelings that I still feel. And I can't express them to the person because they're gone. The grief is not the culprit. It's not the bad guy. It is the new companion. Mm-hmm. Because who else is going to understand except the grief, right? right? But when we're strong, we're not supposed to fool with any of that. When we're strong, we're not supposed to feel our feelings. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to display any feelings other than certain ones, you know, the ones that let other people know that we can't be fucked with. Those are the only feelings we're supposed to display. Right. Those are the only emotions. So this is what I'm talking about when I say, look, we got to start being honest because there is no honor in dishonesty. And if you are not being honest, you're actually not carrying any badge of honor. You haven't oh, been honest. honest. Yes, because you haven't been, because honor is about honesty, is it not? You've got to be honest mm-hmm. about it. And Maybe if we can get to that point, I keep talking about like, oh, as a collective, this would be nice. If we as a collective get to the point where we really are being truly honest about these things, maybe then we can, and I was saying this to you also yesterday, Shirley, maybe then we can imagine some different language around mm-hmm. yeah. strength. Um, it doesn't have to be, you know, what I've coined, you know, it doesn't have to be the strong, you know, all caps, strong black woman industrial complex TM trademark. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be that, but this, you know, we're, maybe we don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And the baby is the strength, right? Strength and resilience in and of themselves yes. aren't bad things to have, but maybe we don't always have to refer to it as being strong or even as strength. Maybe we can start referring to it as, I don't know, courage, because it takes courage to be honest. It takes courage to be vulnerable. You can't be vulnerable without honesty either. So maybe we can start lifting that up more and aspiring to do to have courage in very difficult times and and be honest and start to develop new language around this and language that envelops our full humanity right and then that can be the real badge of honor you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that can be the thing that our that our kids and grandkids that's what they see from us the way we saw what we saw from our moms and our grandmas and and those kind of things because i come from a long line of strong strong stoic silent types dang both my parents neither one of them were <laughs> neither one of them were boomers they were born in 1938 and 1939 that is literally called the silent generation and you don't think there was a lot of stuff that black people had to be silent about back in the late 30s and 40s of course they did but I'm I'm a different generation. I don't necessarily have to be silent about everything. Right. And 
I don't have to not pretend because I don't even think they were pretending. I don't have to display that or present that I don't feel anything the way my mom presented and the way my grandmother's presented. Like, oh, we don't feel stuff. <laughs> I don't have to do that. And maybe, maybe they're really glad about that. Because they're like, hey, wait, you actually get to be a lot more honest than we could. Exactly. And so now my yes. kids are seeing mommy, mommy being more honest. And it's like, oh yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to speak up when I feel a certain way about something. And they are doing that. And I feel like that's extremely honorable. It is extremely honorable. And that was one one thing that you mentioned also on yesterday when we were talking and we were talking about the name Shades of Strong, the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And you were saying that you looked at it like a spectrum. I'd love yeah. to talk a little more about that as well. Well, yeah, because like you said, like even in Lovey's post, there are these comments that are going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, well, I don't see why y'all got a problem with being called strong. I mean, you can call me that. Well, please don't call me that because X, Y, Z. Right. And I told you, I was like, is this about to become like the next great debate among, right. you know, our collective of Black women? Because I really hope not. Oh, my God. This is not something I want to be debating about. <laughs> oh, dear. First of all, whatever you want to do, do you boo. Like, seriously. If you eat it up, eat it up uh-huh. and stand, like the kids say, stand 10 toes down in that thrill. I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm talking about me and I'm talking about my own personal dreams for us as a collective. I keep uh-huh. saying collective. I, I do say, y'all know Natty has Natty things that she says. So <laughs> I say collective a lot. I have dreams for for something really, really grand and something really, really whole and and generative for us because simply because I believe we deserve it. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I like, I don't want to debate about this. Oh my God. But like the thing is, we tend to engage in very binary thinking, right? That's another mm-hmm. thing that these younger generations are trying to teach us. Like when they say, Hey, I'm queer or Hey, I'm non-binary. They're trying really desperately to, to get us to open our minds just a little bit just a little tiny bit and see that everything doesn't have to be either or sometimes things can be both. And, and sometimes it's like I mentioned on an episode like a few weeks ago, there's not, okay, this is the truth. And this is a lie. Okay. Yes. There are lots of lies. Definitely. But the truth is a lot bigger than what you can see. You, a lot of times you can only see one piece of the truth and somebody else who has a completely different life and perspective than you, they might see a completely different piece of the same exact truth because mm-hmm. truth is not just, it's not like this static thing that's just this object. It's like a prism. It's like a kaleidoscope. It, there's, there's a lot of parts, mm-hmm. a lot of parts to it. And it's all real. It's all reality. It's all true. This whole thing doesn't have to be a binary either. It can be. I won't say kaleidoscope with that. I like to use kaleidoscope with truth. But yeah, I'm going to stay with spectrum. It's a spectrum. So that's why we, that's why Shirley even came up with the whole my strong is declaration because everybody's idea of that is going to be different. And I think I was saying yesterday, a spectrum, when I think of a spectrum, I think of those old school equalizers on stereos, how you have the little five little dials that go up and down and you can move them. Yeah. Because I'm an audiophile, my dad was an audiophile, so he had very good stereo equipment, and I had, you know, pretty good radios growing up. So I like that idea, and I remember using the equalizers a lot up through, you know, like my mid twenties. So somebody's spectrum, if they want to use the term strong, 
For them, it might look like all five of those dials is pushed down to the bottom. Cause it's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Like Nancy said, I rebuke that. In the name of Jesus. <laughs> no. <Nah. laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, that's it. And then somebody else might have all of the dials pushed up to the top. Like, yeah, that's me. You know, knuck if you buck. <laughs> like, you know, kind of like, right, exactly. Right. And I'm now at a point in my life, I'm, I'm 49 years old. I am no longer the silent. There is a point of no return with me too. And you don't want to knuck if you buck kind of girl. I'm not that way anymore. Nancy said, don't know. I don't always have to be the, you know, the don't try it. Look, I'm not that bitch to steal on kind of of girl. I don't always have to be that way. And I'm not because that can get very, very exhausting. It can really Mm -hmm. put on a lot of fatigue, mental, emotional, and physical. So my, my equalizer looks very different. It looks like the way I would set it up. If I were really setting up my stereo, I want a certain you know, I want a lot of bass, so it's almost at the top. <laughs> so there's a little bit of like, don't try it. <laughs> and then I want some mids in there, and I want my treble to be between middle and lower. And mm-hmm. and so it looks like that. And everybody's preference for how they want their sound to be, the, you know, based on the type of music they listen to the most, everybody's equalizer is going to look different. So everyone's definition of this for themselves is going to look different. And Absolutely every single not. different picture of those setup equalizers, that is the spectrum. I love that. I'm just going to go on record as saying it's my equalizer all the way up because I don't mind being called strong. <laughs> like, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother right. me. It's not triggering for me. If somebody calls me strong, I don't cringe. And, and it's, like that, it's like that for me because I know what it means to me. And you can say whatever you want to say. You can say, oh, you're so strong all you want. But in my mind, I'm saying, you know, I know what that means to me. So it doesn't, it's not, it's not cringy for me. So like Natty was saying, like, it's going to look different for all of us. However, comma. (laughs) (laughs) If somebody's wanting me to do a thing and they're calling me strong, then that may be a little cringy for me, you know, because Again, that goes back to you thinking I'm superhuman or mm-hmm. not human at all. So mm-hmm. maybe mine is not all the way up to the top, but it's not maybe as it's crazy. close to the top. Yeah, maybe all it's the close, to the, close to the top. Yeah, maybe it's close to the top because there are some times when it does bother me, but for the most part, it doesn't because I know how I'm defining it. So yeah, and that's the key, though. You yourself are defining exactly. it. Yes. And so yes, each me. one of you listening, you get mm-hmm. to define it for yourself. And some of for exactly. some of y'all, the definition ain't even gonna have that word in it. And that's it ain't gonna have that word fine. because I actually interviewed I interviewed y'all, we we open, but we gotta say these things. I told y'all yeah. instead of winning in the beginning. That's right. I interviewed in season one of the podcast, I interviewed a young lady and I did ask her, I said, if you had to define strong, what would you say your strong is? And she said, not strong. <laughs> that, that, that was her reply. She like, said, "Not strong." She said, "She said I'm not strong." So again, it's going to look different for all of us. She doesn't even want to be associated with the word "strong," so she's like, "My my strong is not strong." So I received that because that's her strong, and she has a right to define what that looks like for her. So yeah, your strong matters, mm-hmm. and checking in with yourself matters. So, and if you're like me, if you're like um, me and Natty, then Natty and me or Natty and I. I be it's, trying to be correct, y'all, because Nettie is a teacher. But um, I, if you're like I us, not care. <laughs> if you're 
feel like us. <laughs> Why are we so goofy today? But anyway, if you're like us and your your intention or for me, your calling is to support other women and make a difference in the world, then it is of extreme importance that you make space in your life to check in with you and that you decide what strong looks like for you because you cannot make a difference in the lives of others. And even if you're not intentionally making making a difference in the lives of others, unintentionally you are, you know, because you got your circle, you got your children, you got your parents, somebody's watching what you're doing. And so it's important for you to make room in your life or create space in your life to always check in with yourself, whether you're checking in with yourself like I do at night and extra all the questions, or if you're checking in with yourself like Natty does, Ask Natty the question and then Natty be like, Mm-mm, this is what we're doing instead. Whatever that, whatever that looks like for you, check in with yourself on a regular basis. I would say daily. And make the necessary adjustments. Don't be afraid to sit with an emotion. Don't be afraid to sit with your feelings. Feel the things. You don't have to bury that stuff. Because guess what? <laughs> it ain't going nowhere. No, you can pack as much no, no, dirt no. on it as you want. It's not going anywhere. It's going to come sit with you. And it's going to knock on your door like grief was knocking on Natty's door. Yep. And you can refuse to open it all you want. She ain't going nowhere. She's setting up a tent. She's setting up a exactly. tent. She ain't got nowhere She'll else to go. She, she ain't going nowhere. <laughs> She's going to sit right there. So just go ahead and deal with it. And I, and I look as much as you can at a time. Because, mm-hmm. again, that's different for everybody, too. Like, maybe you're not ready to deal with the grief, you know. or Oh, no. No. To be know. very clear. When I let her in, you were right. I was like, hey, I kind of am ready. I'm at least going to let you in. But like, I really don't want to talk. And she's like, right. cool. I will just chill on the couch for the next While 10 years. Doing what you can do. I, yeah. Can I have a glass of water every now and then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Luckily, yeah, again, 10 years. Yeah. Like, in this community, <laughs> in, in the Shades of Strong community, we pretty much define everything for ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, You know, for the record, when you're ready to deal with your grief, you define that for yourself. When you're ready mm-hmm. to sit with sadness, you define that for yourself. You know, all the things. We we be defining stuff on our own here. So, yeah. I think that's, that's all important. I enough of everything else. Yeah, enough of everything else being defined for us. Exactly. Like we're grown women. We can define things for ourselves, Absolutely. especially as it pertains to our own well-being. Yeah, you know, I said earlier, I'm 49 years old. I don't need anybody defining shit for me. Exactly. I'm grown enough. Damn, yeah. I can I can define yeah. stuff. Like, are you kidding? Especially and in defining it, it goes back to the the whole thing that you were talking about, Natty, about being honest with yeah. yourself. Like you have even in defining the things for yourself, you still have to be honest. Your definition has to be centered around honesty and what exactly. you what you tr- what you truly feel. Don't be making up stuff. Like, no. if you're not vibing with it, then you're not vibing with it, you know. And so no honesty. more taking on the definitions of a society that isn't honest with itself. Do you Come see on, all, the, all the, all the, 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 the hand wringing and temper tantruming mm-hmm. around teaching real exactly. facts in school? Like, exactly. these people that, that are running these systems that we have to live under, unfortunately, they're not honest at all. Exactly. So, 
they don't get to define for me what I should look like and how I should present and whether or not my service to them was you know, enough for them to be like, oh, you're so strong. Exactly. Like, no, they don't get to de- define any of it for me and they don't get to define any of it for you. Well, y'all, I guess that's pretty much it then. We said all the things we had to say on this episode. <laughs> We're going to have more to say on the next. <laughs> We're going to have more to say on the next. That's all we had to say on this episode because, like I said, Nancy just really got me to thinking about the whole generational divide and the word strong and all the things. And then mm-hmm. it's everywhere you turn on TV. Everybody's talking about the strong black woman. And some people are like, yes, I'm a strong black woman. Then other people are like, uh-uh. Get somebody else to do it. So meanwhile, yeah. there are tons of non-black women trying to claim that they also are strong and independent when they really, <laughs> when they really extract everything they can from us. That part. And then go so sit on their duff, like and be like, yeah, and try and take credit for stuff that they didn't do and try to erase the very real contributions of other black women. Like, listen. I'm not going to get on any soapbox about that because, like you said, it's the end of the episode. But yeah, look, we gotta look, go, y'all. we got to get out. We here. can see. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get out of here. But like we say every episode, we are inactive <laughs> on all social media platforms at this time. Inactive. <laughs> But you can still slide in the DMs. We are Shades of Strong everywhere. We do check the DMs. And if, you, and if you're inactive on social media as well, you can shoot us a quick email. Hi, at Shades of Strong with your thoughts. You know, what did you think about this conversation? You know, I, like Natty, you have thoughts. We want to hear them. <laughs> I don't know why I say like Natty because I have thoughts too. I mean, just Natty just always say, I have thoughts. I always say. Have Let me tell y'all something. Then we're going to go. Let me tell y'all about. No, I'm not going to tell y'all that. I'll tell y'all that later. No. But anyway, <laughs> like I said, we are Shades of across all platforms. So, yeah, that's it. And that's all. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, dare to do strong differently. Because that's what we do. Amen. Amen, amen and amen.